Welcome. You have found the show we call Real Men Don't Cry, or do they? This is a podcast for men, and on this show, we will hear real-life stories from men about how they have navigated the complexities of being a man in this modern day. We are going to look at the boys don't cry way of thinking and how that has influenced them and how they have risen above societal pressures to be true to themselves. The focus of this show is men's real world experiences, not just ideas and theories. I hope that you will learn from what they have discovered and use it in your life as well. Let's get into today's show. Hey, this is Brandon Archer, and this is Real Men Don't Cry, or do they? I have a ton of respect for my guest today. Uh, I want to talk about how we met, because that's a pretty cool story. I want to talk about how we've stayed connected. And I want to hear about him. I want to hear his journey as a man and the challenges that he's come up against. So Welcome, Mitch. Totally stoked to have you here, man. Yeah. Cheers, brother. Happy to be here. Yeah. Thanks for thanks for taking me up on this offer. Why don't you? Why don't we just start with like who you are, where you are, where I am physically in the world? Yeah, yeah. Cool, because that could be a bigger question. Um, <laughs> we could go there too. Yeah. So I'm. Uh, yeah, in Halifax, Halifax, Nova Scotia right now. It's a decent fall day at the moment. Um, yeah, I'm a school teacher. I teach a right. grade six French immersion. Uh, doing my master's in counseling right now, which is trying to balance the school and the master's in counseling. And we're teaching some kettlebells as well. Taking a little break from that um, for a little bit. Got some physical stuff going on, but um, life is busy, man. Very yeah. busy, but I'm, 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 I'm super stoked, super happy um, with where I am right now. Um, externally, things are going extremely well. Internally, yeah. things are, are going well. Cool, man. Well, we can get into that. Um, yeah. I've always respected yeah. like how much you do, how much you accomplish. Like I remember when you started taking the kettlebell training and you're working full time and i'm like man this guy does not mess around like he just goes and gets it and then like it's been a while i think you started your masters after we kind of didn't see each other uh weekly because we were in a men's group together but that's right i've always respected that is that like your yeah. go-to is that just how you've always operated uh not quite man that's been a new development um in some sense, but it's a, it's, it's kind of like, I get a lot of compliments for that. Right. And, mm. and that's, that's, that's what I like. That's what my ego likes. That's like my identity. Oh. Right. Um, so there's a lot of shadow there as well. Um, which yeah, has been, I've been digging into that a lot lately, but, um, yeah, just the productivity, right. The productivity, a lot of my, uh, sense of worth, it's based upon it. We're just getting straight into like the, 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 the shadow yeah, stuff right man. now, but that's yeah. what it is, man. It's like, uh, the productivity piece is highly tied to self-worth and that external praise. Um, so I guess I'm speaking on it in a bit of a negative shadowy sense at the moment, but at the same time, there's a lot of beauty to that. Like it's, I, I, I 
I think it's very admirable to be, you know, working full time as a school teacher and then to be taking my master's on the side, something that I'm extremely passionate about. And that's been a long term goal of mine. And then pursuing the kettlebell training on the side and the kettlebell teaching. Um, and these are all, yeah, personal passions that are mine, of mine that are engaging me physically, intellectually, emotionally, uh, spiritually to a certain extent. So, yeah, I appreciate that, man. Like I, uh, I do think that it's an admirable trait, an admirable quality, but at the same time, I got to be careful because like I'm someone who already functions at a very stimulated nervous system, um, arguably dysregulated to a certain extent. So there's been ramifications and there's been, uh, there's been some, some effects from taking on all of this in my life. Yeah, man. Thanks for sharing so much. And there was so much in what you shared and maybe we'll, yeah, right. yeah, so much. And I'd like to circle back around to a bunch of them, but why don't we, you know, not every guest that's on this show, I'm going to have a personal connection with, but let's just share with people like how, how we met. Um, yeah. which was in a men's group that I was running, but I'm curious cause I don't, I probably have asked you this before, but I've forgotten like what brought you to that men's group? Dude, that's timely, like very timely right now, actually for someone who's coming over to said, I had someone coming over for dinner tonight. Um, this is exactly the person actually who got me into men's work. Wow. I live, I, I live with this fella. Um, he's, uh, he's actually still with Arca. Maybe he may be a lieutenant at the mm -hmm. time when, when we were both in it, Samurai Brotherhood. And uh, we lived with each other for a year. And because uh, we had both done a degree, a teaching degree together. He's actually a school counselor as well. I don't need to share any more about him. Uh, he's a beauty though. And uh, lived together for a year. We were kind of tight, um, but not super tight. And then I don't know what happened. He... I, I've been going through my own stuff, digging into my own material. He had a lot of stuff come to surface that made him start digging, um, digging deep into his uh, psyche, into his wounds, into his patterns. And uh, I don't even know how it came about, man. I think we were just hanging out. He's like, dude, I think you would really like this, this men's work thing that I'm doing. I'm like, men's work, my first reaction is just like, that is lame as shit, man. <laughs> it's like, really? Um, but at the same time, you know, I'm trying to keep an open mind. Like, no, that actually does sound kind of cool. Like, I get it. Like, you know, a bunch of guys getting together. But I just got, like, these these judgments popping up, right? Um, but I look into it because, like, I'm needing it. And I'm looking for something. Like, I'm, I'm, I don't really have any men in my circle. Uh, like, I have lots of friends that I love and trust dearly, but none that I can get super vulnerable and real with. Uh, and something I was yearning for deep down. Um just crying for it. And he talked to me about it and I looked into Samurai Brotherhood and then I reached out in an email and then I get an email from you, I think, or they set me up with yeah. you and be like, Hey, do you want to have a, a first interview with, with uh, Brandon Archer? I guess. And then I'm like, okay, man, I still got, I still got judgment. I'm just like, man, like I've been doing the work for years. You know, I've been reading my books. I've been meditating. I've been on this path. I was just like, these guys, you know, 
I'll give it a go, but I, you know, I'm going to be up here and these guys are going to yeah. be like down here, right? <laughs> I swear, like, oh, it's just cringy to even say that, man, but that's the reality of it. And then, uh, you know, I had that first chat and uh, I felt real connected and like, I don't know, there was just like no bullshit to our first meeting either um, mm-hmm. to that pre-interview or whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, I think I was looking for some kind of like, I don't know. You just, you just didn't, you, you weren't trying to like suss me out or figure out like how, how much work I had done. And I want you know, I wanted you to know that like, I'm at this level, I've done this much work, you know, I've had this many insights and I've learned this much about myself. You're just like, this is what it is, man. You could benefit from it without a doubt. I know you will. I know you'll love it. And I'm just like, I was sold by the end of it. I don't even know, remember what we talked about. But I was just like, all right, all right. This is definitely something that I need right now. And uh, went to that first meeting with a fascinating Motley crew of dudes. And yeah, all the judgments, all the initial judgments I had, you know, kind of went out the window. I was just like, oh my God, no, this dude's actually like, but then I start comparing it. I'm just like, oh shit, this guy's actually like above me in this area. And I'm like, oh, this one's actually below me. Okay, we this one, we're on the same page. And just like that whole comparison thing, man, that's the story of my life. Like every time I walk into a goddamn room, um, yeah. but we're, we're, it's a work in progress, no doubt. So anyway, that fellow, like we've gotten, um, super tight, like tighter, um, over the, over the years. And I love him to death. And, uh, he's actually coming over for dinner this evening. That's awesome. So that's actually, that's actually, wow. That's pretty neat. Uh, synchronicity. isn't it? Yeah. Synchronicity. Absolutely. Now you guys have something to talk about tonight. Not that you didn't anyway, oh, yeah. but. Oh yeah. We got, we got so. That times to catch up on i find it really fascinating the resistance you had to trying it do you think what you've seen since then do you think that's like par for the course for men what do you mean what i've seen like within the men's group um men's work you know guys you work with guys you you know socially like are they resistant to get help or try something oh yeah absolutely man it's yeah, without a so doubt. Why do you think? Why do you think that is? Mm. Or why were you resistant? Because you're, I mean, why were you resistant? It's the conditioning, I suppose, and just the idea of like giving up my power and admitting that I don't have control, admitting that I don't have it figured out admitting that I could actually benefit from, mm-hmm. you know, opening up and being in, in, in like showing my true self to others. Um, yeah, that's a tough one, man. And it's so, it's so incredibly rampant. And I guess I kind of live in like a, an echo chamber of this stuff, right? Like in the people that I interact, you know, have like a bit of a different circle. I've still got all my old pals and stuff, but I got a bit of a different circle now. Uh, people that are open, um, people that are honest, people that are authentic, men that are open and authentic. And that's kind of just what I've been attracting these days. Um, and then on my social medias and all of that, like it's all, so I'm just, I have this idea, this echo chamber that, you know, all the men are doing the work, like we're all doing it. Like large scale collective change is occurring right no. now. And I mean, of course you can say it is 1%, I, the, 1% right? of men are working on this, man. Yeah. Then I step outside those, exactly. I step outside those, those circles. I'm just like, Oh wait, never mind. It's uh, <laughs> yeah, mo- mo- most, most dudes that haven't even touched this stuff, haven't even looked at it. 
Um, but I think a lot of it just comes down to, I don't want to, I don't want to say a lot of it, but it's the eldership, man. It's the male role models. Uh, Ooh, it's the mentors yeah, man. in, in, in their lives. So I think that's, I think that's number one without a doubt. Cause I didn't have yeah. it. And most men, they don't have it. They grow up without it. And just by pure chance and, and, and just a fortunate series of events and traumas and all this that, uh, yeah, I discovered it for myself, but, uh, yeah, but of course That's I can't awesome. say for myself because it's, it's people who have been put in front of me and in my path, but I'd say that man, the elders and the mentors. And the so models. you mentioned control, like it, it was like giving up the idea you had was giving up control and your personal power. Um, do you still feel that's the case? In certain circles, in certain circles where I have, where my competition mentality comes online, my, my, my othering mentality, my kind of judgment and hierarchical structuring that yeah. I've been <laughs> chatting about. Um, so when I'm in, and that's what, a that's what I've been loving about some of these new communities and people I've been spending time with. It's like conscious, intentional and classless community. It's like intentional classless community has been something that I came across like last year. And it's just been replaying in my head, man. Mm. The one, the intentional piece. So you're intentionally seeking out others to develop community with, and you know, you're seeking out like-minded people, but also this classless, you know, going out and spending time with this group of people where, One's a yoga instructor, the other's a medical doctor, the other one's a clerk, the other one is just a nomad, and another one's a, a, a chef, and one's there's a ton of therapists, obviously. And um, yeah, just like this crew of people, and I walk in there and like immediately, you know, whenever I walk into a new environment, especially with strangers, I just want to start comparing myself. Yeah. And to walk in there and to have that permission. In one sense, it's permission, but also nobody gives a shit about me and what I like all my accolades and stuff. They want to see me. They want to see me and yes. my authentic self. And they don't, they couldn't care less about what I've accomplished. So the whole idea of these external accomplishments and accolades just dissipates immediately. And it is the most refreshing thing, man, to like, it's like, oh my, I'm like, oh my God. So I don't have to tell them all about everything I've accomplished. I don't have to do this. I don't have to act a certain way or make sure that they know this about me. I just show up as myself and I'm loved and accepted that way. And that's, that's this conscious, intentional, classless community that I've gotten some case of this past year that has really shown me like, that's, that's the way, that's the way. It um, is the way. I've never heard it put that way, but I like it. I like it because, yeah. you know, like society has, has conditioned us to be like, you are what you do. You know, it's not enough to be just Brandon. It's not enough to be just Mitch. It's not enough to just be a, a, a good man. You have to like buy the house, get the career, do the things. And it's all yeah. not good for your soul at all. Yeah. It's not, man. It's not. It's just that it's just the rat race or the hedonic tread treadmill or whatever other kind of metaphor you want to use. Like it's, it's, it's amazing. It's One amazing. Thing. Like what we're. You use the word intention. And uh, that's really for me come to the fore about 
just being intentional with everything I do intentional with my life, intentional with my intents. And it is a game changer. <laughs> it's a game changer because I realized what I was doing and I see a lot of men doing, we're just going through the motions. Like we really don't know what the heck's going on or what we want. And it's really hard to be intentional when you don't know what you want. Oh, big time. Big time. Yeah. It feels like, and I'm still getting caught up in that right now, man. Like I'm still getting caught up in it. Like the past few weeks, you know, I'm grinding at work and I'm grinding with this course and all these projects and assignments that I'm trying to get done. And also, you know, trying to to prioritize all my health factors like sleep and diet and nutrition. But a lot of it's going by the wayside because I just feel like I'm grinding. I'm just like, I'm just going through the motions. I'm just going through the motions. And, and, and it's a very, and it takes me out of myself. It takes me out of my, my essence. Like it like takes me out of my connection to any kind of, um, I don't know, higher sense of purpose and being, um, and it breaks my heart, man. It breaks my heart when I'm going to sleep that night and I'm just like, dude, you haven't stopped all day. I think you've, I've essentially been functioning at like, I would say more dissociated than anything. Like I look back yeah. on the day, I'm just like, fuck, like I don't think I was present for one moment. Like there was moments throughout the day where I'm just like, you know, I'm stopping for a second. I'm taking a deep breath. But for the most part, I'm like, geez, man, like I was walking around dissociated and like, that's a, I shouldn't be using that term so loosely, but to an extent that's like, that's, that's how a lot of us are going through. Like just totally. in this non-present focusing on what do we got to do next? What do we got to do next? I'm running from this place, running from this place, next, 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 next. And it's just, oof. And, well, and I think pass, a lot of, I thought like a lot, most guys listening can be like, yep, that's my every day. And I know for me, like, uh, you know, a lot of my story, like that's the way I live life up until I had a heart attack. And then I'm like, no way. I'm not doing this anymore. I don't know what I need to do next, but I'm not doing this anymore. But what I will say we don't, we're not taught that there's another way of being, of existing. We're just like conditioned to like head down, go. And I see a lot of guys get to a point like I'm older than you and they start to crack because they've, you know, spent decades living that way. And they're like, I'm unsatisfied with life. I don't know where I'm going. I don't know why I'm here. And it's like, it's rough. <laughs> It's super rough place to be. It is, man. It absolutely is. And you have to take it any, come back to attention. You got to be intentional about how much you're taking on. Like we, cause we're trying to balance this act between like growth. Like we want to grow, you want to grow. I want to grow. We got places we want to go. But at the same time, patience, man, we got to take our time. We got to take our time. Cause like we're going to crash and burn and yeah, like you with your heart attack. I think I was thinking about you the other day. Some guy was talking about some 40-something-year-old fellow had a heart attack, super fit and healthy. And then I was, it made me think of you. I'm like, man, none of us are immune to this. We do not look after no. our energy and our bodies and our minds. It's it's incredible. But it also, you know, it comes to it comes down to a place of privilege as well. Like if you have the privilege to rest, that's mm. incredible. And I do. And I'm going to like right now, I don't really have, because like I'm, I, I have to work, I have to work, 
but I do have to work <laughs> and I have to, you know, do my masters. I got to finish up my masters. And I know afterwards, you know, when I'm just focusing on my masters, I can prioritize myself more. So I know that I'm, I do have pauses. I do have reprieves. Um, and I will have them in the future as well, but so many people, man, like so many people do not, which, yeah. which is, which is heartbreaking. And of course we want to, we want to, you know, hold them accountable and we want to be like, they just slow down. Just give this up. Give that. They're like, I got a family, man. Like I got yes. a family. Everything's expensive as hell. I can't just rest. So get out of here with your, you know, new age, yada, yada, <laughs> rest. Cause like, it's not, it's, it's not that easy. You know, we, we would all love to have those privileges. Um, yeah. I love that you brought this up. Cause I've been thinking a lot about this. Cause I intentionally made space after my heart attack. I changed my life. I'm like, I'm figuring this out. I can't do this. I'm going to die. Like I'm literally going to die. And I've been thinking a lot lately. And a lot of the guys I work with are, they have families, they have like little kids. It's like, oh man, I get that they can't do it the way I did it, but what can they do to bring like some intention and some rest to their day? Cause they're busy. Like, look at how busy you are. Imagine factoring in three kids to that. I don't know. I'd, I'd crumble to pieces. I'm sure I'd figure it out, but like, I don't and, but that's the reality. Of a lot of guys, right. In their, you know, early forties or late thirties are like, okay, like we bought the house, we had the kids, I've got the career and whoa, life's insane. And is that the way it's supposed to be? We're conditioned to think that's the way it's supposed to be. So yeah. I do think there's ways in 15 minutes a day guys can like, do a practice to at least more. I was going to say, keep a flow. I think you can do more than keep a flow. It's just, how do you do that? Yeah. It's tricky. Yeah. And, but we're also, because we're functioning at this fast paced um, level, this highly stimulated level. Um, it's like, that's what we're conditioned to do. We kind of get addicted to the stress, right? Like getting addicted to stress is, it, it's oh, a real thing. Like it is it absolutely is a real thing. thing. Like, like I'm addicted to it too. Not that like, not that we like it, not that we respond positively to it, but that's what makes us feel safe, right? Yeah. We feel safe because we have things under control while we're fun, while we're juggling all these balls and doing anything. So like, once we slow down a bit, our body, if we're not used to it, our body starts telling us, you know, like, oh shit, like, this isn't good. This isn't like, I'm not safe. I'm supposed to be controlling and like doing all these things right now. So I get to get back, I got to get more stress. I got to get back into the stress state, back into the stress environment. So it's almost like, we'll bring that, we'll bring that reality into existence for ourselves. And then when we finally get a chance to slow down, we're just trying to fill that time. Right. Cause you said yeah. 15 minutes, like we can find more than a, like all of us with our, our scrolling on the Instagram or our messages or Facebook, like, you know, if I stop, like I'm catching, I stop at a red light. I'm just like, vroom, right down my phone. I'm just like, dude, yeah. for real? Like it's a 20 second red light. Use these 20 seconds to breathe. And, and, and like, totally. you, like how many of those moments do we have throughout the day? At least 15 minutes. No doubt we have at least 15, 15 minutes where we can be prioritizing ourselves and our breath and our relax and rest and parasympathetic nervous system activation and all that. So yeah, I do think it's possible. I, I, I absolutely do. Um, oh, you said something about stimulation. And that's a thing we don't 
think about very often. Like, look at the last 30 years, 40 years. We are, the stimulation of human beings has gone through the roof, meaning screens, meaning all this input. And we don't ever think about how that's affecting us. We just don't, just like, oh, this is just the world. Yeah, this is just the world, but is that good for human beings? Is that good for men? Is that good for women? Is that good for families? I'm just going to straight out say, no, it's not. It's not. Yeah. It's crushing us. There's, there's no way, man. And like, I see a lot of this firsthand as a teacher, right? Like, just, you know, these kids younger and younger have these little computers in their hands um, mm. at all time. And mine are grade six. So I got like grade 11 and 12 year olds. Um, most of yeah. them have phones. Like they're not touching. Like there's no phones allowed in class. But, you know, once I get to the next grade, teachers pretty much start allowing it. Um but the ADHD and ADD is huge, right? And there's so many different like theories and beliefs and opinions around this. Yes. I get into, I get into it a bit, but you know, always just from a very compassionate standpoint. But you know, there's the, the I remember like oh, most people just say that now it's getting identified more. Be like, you know, the people are saying like, oh, everyone's got ADHD. I'm like, no, we're just identifying it more. We have more resources. We have more accurate assessments. Uh, we have more knowledge readily available to educate ourselves. So it's just being, um, yeah, recognized more. And I just, I don't buy it, man. I don't buy it at all. Not for a second. Because if you think for a second that these devices and this constant stimulation isn't exacerbating, I'm not saying it's causing ADHD, but if you don't think it's exacerbating the symptoms, like, like, I, I don't mean, I don't even know what to say to you because yeah. you got these kids. Like I, I definitely have ADHD. I definitely have, you know, undiagnosed ADHD and, you know, that's just a term and there's a hundred different types of ADHD and ADD that exists out there. But of course I would put the criteria for diagnostic ADHD, but you got these and like, especially with the, like, we're going on to like TikTok now and the reels, right? Like when I'm teaching my lessons now, I got a ton of kids, you know, diagnosed with um ADHD and um it's all throughout the school and the, the percentages are going up and up up and up and up um but we have things like the TikTok videos like when I'm trying to give which are like you know 10 15 seconds long I don't know how long they are but 10 to 15 seconds and then you know they're on to the next one zoom they're on to the next one zoom and like even me on my phone on my Instagram you know I'll be zooming through zooming through zooming through if I see a video that's like 30 seconds long. I'm just like, ah, eh, too long. So now when I'm trying to teach my lessons, you know, like a five minute lesson that would typically have taken me five minutes in my classroom. It's taking me like 15 minutes, man, because I got the kids for about five seconds and then they're yeah. gone. And I'm just like, guys, come on back, come on back. And then they're back for a couple of seconds and they're gone again. And I don't want to sound like the old guy saying like back in my day, because Lord knows I'm affected by this too. But if you don't think these short TikToks and these other reels and all this like, multiple devices flashing and dinging and it's like not having an effect at you know exacerbating i don't know if it's causing adhd these are all like natural psychological tendencies but whatever's being you know pulled out. i agree with you like like my kids are 20 and 18 now and they grew up with devices basically i didn't grow up with devices and even like the kids in your class, they don't know a time without a device 
like at two years old, they were probably given a kid's version of an iPad or something to watch movies or three or four. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. you know, I know for a fact that the, I, there's probably research out there now on how it affects us and kids. I'm sure there is, but it's not mainstream yeah. because Apple needs to sell the next iPhone. <laughs> like, right. We need to, we've created this societal machine of uh, a financial model. How are you going to stop that? I don't know what the answer is, but I know, you know, I got rid of TikTok and Facebook and I only use Instagram to, to share what I teach because yeah. I couldn't focus. It was, inc- it was crazy because I realized I'm actually literally addicted to this. And people, I think when they hear addiction, I think drugs and alcohol. It's like, yes, but look at what addiction actually is. And when you're looking at this thing, your device, and you are creating chemicals in your brain, your body gets used to that and you get addicted to it. Like that's just science. That's not, I'm not making that up. That's real. So absolutely. We have, we're all addicted to these things. Like you even said, you stop at a light and you go for your crack, but your crack is now your phone. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's white collar crack, right? Like it's acceptable. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's acceptable. It's normal. Um, yeah, it's the way of the world, you know, which is always oh, just the way things are these days. Yeah. But that's a, it, it's, it's such a good point, man. Like the, the, the strength of this. And there's so many people, like there are ways that people can develop healthy relationships with their apps and with their phones. Um, there's no doubt about it. Some people more than others. Uh, many of us, like myself, addictive tendencies. So uh, do you want to play the game of like trying your hardest and doing all the internal work you possibly can to develop a healthy relationship with these online social media platforms? Or do you just not want to play that game and put your energy elsewhere? And I think that's yeah. where, that's where I want to be right now because there's like, I'm just, I want to give up the fight of trying to say I can beat this or I'm better than this. Like it's, it's, it's so primitive and it's so biological and physiological and so ingrained that like to think that you can overcome it. Um, I think is a bit of a fallacy. Yeah. So what do you think? I, just, I love this conversation. It's not going away. I thought it would, but that's totally cool. Cause there's so much value <laughs> here. Um, your experience as a man, like, and showing up in the world the way you desire to, what do you see as the biggest block to that? I mean, it's pretty tangible right now because it's been showing up in the last two weeks. It's uh, it's just the it, it's the dysregulation, man. And like lately, it's been the anger. To be honest, mm-hmm. it's uh, it's it's been the anger lately. It's my emotional control. Uh, it's my ability to show up when my emotions get really triggered and when I get really triggered. Um. And my inability to kind of move that energy and to alchemize it. Um, yeah, the, the emotional reactivity. I, I so what were you, when I'm looking yeah, up. man, I couldn't ask for a better answer. What, what, <laughs> what were you taught about men and emotions as a boy growing up and having emotions? What were you taught about them? So... I have some trouble recalling childhood. I don't have a lot of childhood memories. Um, mm. 
And I don't think that they're repressed like traumatic memories. I think I was just so overstimulated and kind of dissociated when I was in my younger years that I never encoded my memories in the first place. So they're just not there. But what I can say, uh, I guess from the, the number one male role model in my life, who I, you know, love dearly, um, it was all about numbing. It was about numbing and uh, bottling it up. Numb, bottle it up, numb yourself. And then once you get sufficiently triggered, you can let it explode onto everything and everyone around you. So I would say that's, uh, that's been a big one that, uh, that I've learned and that I've also been demonstrating. So, so would you life. say that like that explosion, that anger, that yelling, whatever that looked like was normalized? I wouldn't say it was normalized. Um, it just, it was the only way it was and it wasn't there. I never saw any other way i think we all knew that it was wrong and it was unhealthy but you know i didn't have i didn't have the language for it at the time i didn't know any different yeah what do you so do you see yourself doing the same thing yeah 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 lately um lately it's actually been interesting like i feel like um it's unfortunate because you know i want to think of everything as linear right like here's mitchell on his healing path you know he's getting stronger psychologically (laughs) emotionally he's getting more control of his nervous system and um more uh more understanding of his shadows and his depths and his triggers um and his anger as well right um yeah that reminds me of this when i first my parents first sent me to anger management i was fascinating when i was 19 years old but uh yeah, that's before I knew, uh, I don't know if I want to go into that, but, um, yeah, that was, uh, my parents sent me there to go to anger management when I was younger. Um, before I knew like both my parents were alcoholics growing up and then the psychologist, like, you know, first or second session was just like, dude, you just told me that your parents were alcoholics growing up. Like, that's why, like, that is why mm-hmm. you've yeah. got all this anger, right? <laughs> like, I'm like, no way. I was just, uh-uh, no, that's not right. This is normal. What do you mean there's nothing weird or abnormal about my childhood? Um, that's just, you know, that's uh, just how parents are. And then, yeah, that opened up a whole, that, that opened up a whole other box that changed the trajectory of my life. And, uh, yeah, but what was your initial, what was your initial question about the anger? I don't remember, but that was, that was great. Thanks for sharing that. Um, just what it was normalized and, and what you, if it was normalized as a kid and, and if you see yourself repeating it, what you answered. Um, yeah, well, well, I guess I just, I can just, uh, yeah, continue on that. Cause that was the path that I was going down. Um, is yeah, I think that it was a whole linear project, uh, projection and that not, and now I'm noticing the anger is like the past two months, there's been like more anger than I've had in probably years, dude. So I'm like, what is going on? Like, are you for real? Mm-hmm. Like where, 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 and like, of course it's not linear. You can say it's cyclical, it's up and down, whatever. It doesn't have to be directional, but um, it's worrisome. Cause I'm like, what is going on, man? Like, how is this, like, how is this happening? All this work I've done. Like, are you kidding me? Look at me, like all these, you know, childish and immature and, uh, 
non-masculine uh, kind of traits are coming about again. Um, but also I think it's coming down to like things like, you know, giving up like my meditation practice has not been solid the past few months. I've been dealing with a ton of physical pain over the past seven months. I had to stop teaching kettlebells for a bit. And I've got all this other stuff going on. And I think it's building up a lot of anger and resentment. I'm not working out a lot. So I'm not having an outlet for all this energy. And now when it builds up, uh, my lack of outlets for that, yeah. uh, I think are having a significant effect on how it's kind of exploding in the moment. So yeah, that's kind of the... Do you think or did that, that psychologist ever link anger to fear? Uh, anger to fear. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure we might have gone down that path, but not that I recall, man. No. Yeah. Just because I, I mean, my experience with anger personally and a lot of the guys I work with is it's, for me, it's always been rooted in fear, fear of not being loved, of not having control of the situation. And it just manifested as anger. Sure. Oof. Yeah, man. I think, I don't think we spent much time in the anger with that psychologist because, you know, my parents sent me there to be like, you got to get some help. You got to fix your anger. Then he goes yeah. there and he's just like, mm, dude, are you, are you great? And then I go and I tell him like my parents, I'm just like, yo, this guy tells me that you guys are the cause for this. <laughs> and they, then they start calling on the psychologist. You're like, I can't believe what you're telling my son. He's like, yo, man, I'm just a psychologist, all right? Like, I don't know what to tell yeah. you. So, but then uh, that opened, that. that's when, you know, that opened their eyes. That opened my eyes. Um, so we didn't actually spend much time on the anger. We, we had uh, a life's worth of intense material to begin unpacking. Yeah, so, yeah, enough, the anger enough. was what got me through the door, and then the rest of it just way another direction but i think i think a lot of guys listening are going to relate to the anger like how you're relating it happening to you real time today mm -hmm. um because as you're you know i know for me too if i'm not getting my heart rate up oh, man i could like not working out it's only a couple weeks before i start feeling the anxiety come up so not necessarily anger, but it's for me, it's anxiety. I'm like, oh, why am I feeling this? And the science is like getting your heart rate up is a really great way to deal with a lot of this anxiety or for you, maybe anger. But what I've also seen is guys go to the extreme where, and for me, when I had my heart attack, I was training like 15 hours a week. Well, that was 15 hours a week of me avoiding my shit. <laughs> that was me yeah. getting my heart rate up and like oh i feel great i don't need to deal with anything and then when i got taken away i'm like oh shit here we go so i kind of hear some similarities in you you know with your injury and you can't work out it's like oh god damn that like outlet's yeah. not there now now what do i do yeah i mean what you just said resonated on both those with both ends of the spectrum for sure because you know, my MO was that as well. Like I, at my gym where I do my kettlebells, you know, I'm doing like gnarly hit workouts, like four or five days a week. And, you know, last year I pretty much, I had a pretty, I, one of the scariest couple of months of my life. I guess we didn't, we probably haven't spoken since then. It was around like December, January. It was like two months last year. I was working full time, doing my master's, 
teaching kettlebells and just crushing my my like I was like just do my hit workouts heart rates going at 170 180 and that was I guess my it does serve it did serve me the same way it serves you it did serve me yeah to a certain totally. extent to offload some of that energy but then the wheels fell off man in December it was it was the scariest I think six weeks of my life I started experiencing this like depersonalization derealization um where my entire like psyche um and perception would kind of crumble to pieces like my mm. thoughts and my my sense of self would kind of crumble and uh it's kind of like it's kind of like having a bad trip on like you know if you like bad trip on psychedelics or on marijuana or something but i was sober and it would last for hours and hours and i would feel it happen it was i could talk about that for days because it was terrifying and thankfully i gained some insight and got connected with this energy person and kind of reintegrated myself but holy moly that and that was no doubt a result of everything i'm taking on and not to mention the constant stimulation at the gym and now i'm at the other end of the spectrum where i'm not working out at all i'm like mm. i'm not offloading any of this energy so now i feel like that's kind of realized i was actually talking with the, the men because i'm still meeting with the i still meet with the our men same guys yeah, yeah that's that's amazing guys. we should probably tell yeah, guys, yeah. people about that after you finish your story yeah definitely um yeah i think that's a that's that's all i want to say really it's just like both ends of the spectrum now i think i'm on the other end where like now i got nothing now all this is building up inside me and i've got no outlet for it and i guess when i get triggered like it's already right there just bubbling below the surface so all it takes is just a little trigger whereas before you know the threshold was a lot higher you know i could get up there and like i would still maybe have an explosive experience but it would be very rare and it would have to be pretty serious circumstances. And now, fuck, man, it hardly takes anything, which is man, unfortunate. And, I bet you every man listening to this can be like, oh, damn, I go through that same thing. I like, I can almost guarantee you because if we are, you know, athletically inclined and we have an outlet, it's awesome. It's just awesome. Like it, it recharges you. It makes you feel good. But you take that away. Woo. No. Ooh, man, it is. Oh, it can be buddy. gnarly what happens on the other side of that. And you know, all I hear in your story, and then you know, looking back on mine, it's balance. Balance. Mm-hmm. It's like yes, yeah. do those things, and can't avoid your your like you refer you keep referring to it as shadow. You can't you can't avoid your wounds. You can't avoid the triggers that are that can take you to that state because in that trigger is your actual growth. Like whatever your trigger might be. So for me, it's like <laughs> relationships to women. Holy shit, man. I'm, I'm so like, I got it. I understand what's going on internally now. And even in a healthy interaction with a woman, I can get triggered. I can be like, what the fuck? Why am I like feeling angry right now? Or why am I feeling resentful? Or why am I feeling this? She hasn't done a goddamn thing. So that's like, that's one of my biggest triggers, right? Um, And it's easy to like feel in control if I'm working out lots. Not so easy to feel in control if, if I'm not. So like for me, I'm digging into like, oh, why, why do I feel that way? Why am I reacting that way? Um, because the reaction is the reaction. It's a nervous system reaction. 
we don't need to go into that. I'll do a solo podcast explaining for people more on like what's going on internally because it's real. <laughs> it's very, very real. Is it ever, man? Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And unfortunately it, uh, it impacts the, the people around us. And like you talking about women, I've been, uh, learning a lot in this relationship, uh, this beautiful relationship with my lovely partner. And, uh, thank God she is, uh, she's patient and, um, and, I've never had this opportunity to work on myself in real time with a partner before, like to be real, but what's coming up right now. And then being able to voice, like, it's still hard. I still don't do it. And every time I don't do it, it builds up and then it just becomes something even bigger than it ever had to be. But, um, yeah, being able to work on this stuff in real time, be like, this is what's coming up right now. And I, and like a lot of times it's childish, right? Like what's coming up in me, is childish this little hurt that's coming like there's no reason rational reason for me to be hurt and me expressing that i have a lot of hesitancy to express mm. that because then i feel like less than a man i feel like a baby i feel like a child expressing this by t- telling her that i just got triggered by yeah. the way that she, by the way that she like handed me something or the way that she responded appropriately but to just in a way that like triggered something and wasn't ideal for you know my child self to hear um, so for me to voice that is very fucking hard because as soon as those words come out of my mouth, cause like I, I hear coming up, but I'm just like, no, no, I don't want to know why I'm triggered. I don't want her to know why I'm triggered, but that's what I've been working on lately. And she invites it and she welcomes it. And I'm so, so very grateful, but my God, I still got to work on it more. But like to actually say like, listen, what you just did, what you just said, like actually really, like really triggered me. And then like, I'm feeling hurt right now. And I know that I shouldn't be, shouldn't be, um, but that's just, that's what's happening. And, you know, she, and then for her to be like, okay, I appreciate you sharing that. And like, I still love you for it. And it gives me permission to have these experiences that are not masculine, so to speak, um, is a huge source of growth in my, in my life right now. Dude, I think that's one of the most masculine shares you've ever shared with me cheers (laughs) because the paradigms of like how men relate to emotions and if we share them is all complete bullshit it's rooted in it's rooted in the past it's rooted in uh you know getting getting distorted over the decades and generations of how we're supposed to relate to our emotions and what you shared is the way we're supposed to deal with it, which is in our modern age. I want to, I'm going to share this and then I want to circle back. The world is very fucking different. (laughs) Men's roles are very fucking different today in relationships. And we are not fucking out there hunting, trapping to survive. In the time when we had to do that, you're damn straight. We didn't even have time to face our emotions. The world is easy. We Food and shelter is fairly easy to come by in North America. So that role, that old paradigm is gone. Not gone. It's less. So now the new ask of the evolution of man and masculinity is like, oh, fuck, I am triggered by you. And instead of like burying it and yelling at you, 
we have the space to process this. So you just owned your feeling with her. You didn't say, you hurt me right now. You said, I feel hurt. That yeah. is masculine as fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Because now Absolutely you don't not. put, you don't put her in a mothering position. You don't be like, mm -hmm. oh, I need you to take care of little boy Mitch right now. You're like, fuck, I got some shame about me even feeling this. And I'm just going to tell you. And then you're, you're very, I'm so happy to hear you've got a partner that can hold that for you. Like she's not taking it on. She's not taking it personally. And that's rad because it's not personal. You're having a reaction to what's going on and that's fucking okay. Yeah. I appreciate that brother. And it just has me thinking like there are going to be a lot of women who aren't okay with that and even grace you know a lot of times she'll be she like i'm sure it doesn't sit well with her when i express what i just got triggered about she you know she might be like oh that's weird like oh i don't <laughs> think that's healthy for my partner for my boyfriend to be reacting in that way to something so simple that i did but for her to sit with that experience and listen to my open communication and like you said not to look to her to be my mother like listen you don't got to take this on i don't want you to heal me i don't want you to tell me oh everything's going to be okay don't worry mitchell i just want you to witness me and be okay with the fact that i have these parts showing up right now that still need some fucking work and it's yeah. not a reflection on how masculine i am it's just how human i am and for her to be able to hold that and a lot of people and a lot of women won't give i feel like they won't give men that permission not any fault of their own but just the way that they are socialized as well because like a man is a totally. man who deals with his own shit who handles his fucking emotions so any man who's got some childish little reactions coming up mm -mm, like that's not what i'm looking for in a man so that's a it's a it's a, it's a challenging dance to play right because you want to be that actualized authentic vulnerable man but a lot of times you don't have the fucking permission to be that man so um, dude you yeah, just like, oh because they are social women are socialized to expect certain things from men emotionally just like we are it's the same goddamn message it's just from there so you're right there there's some women that can hold it there's some of them that can't it's simple it's just like men that can't hold their women's uh emotional reactions it's the same thing yeah. and you nailed it it's the humanness we're fucking humans it's goddamn 2023 the world is different everybody <laughs> needs to grow up and realize that emotional maturity is the goal yeah that's the goal yeah. you can read as many goddamn books as you want be as emotionally intelligent as you want, mm -hmm. not the goddamn same thing as emotional maturity, which she is showing and you are showing. And that is a healthy relationship. Doesn't mean you don't have problems. Doesn't mean you're not hurt. Doesn't mean she doesn't say shit that triggers you. That's okay. But goddamn, man, I'd love to hear you guys are navigating it that way. Yeah. Yeah. And it's the, it's, it's the only way, man. Like it's the only way, like it, how else, like every other relationship I've been in prior to this one, it's failed. 
And, and, and <laughs> there's no wonder why it's failed. I bottle things up. I don't express my wants and needs. I don't treat them the way that they deserve to be treated. I don't respect their emotions and their reactions, their perceptions, the way that they deserve. And yeah, it's a, uh, man, it takes a, it, it takes a lot of, it takes a lot of learning trial and error and also finding someone finding someone who's on that same path right because like you said there's like that there's a lot of there's a lot of women that aren't going to be open to it yeah and just like there's a lot of men that aren't open to it so it, it's not and that's easy. just it's the way that looks and you know this podcast is about men's experiences and you're sharing that but you know when i primarily when I coach guys, it's about, they come to me because their relationship is on the rocks and we talk about this stuff, you know, emotional regulation and maturity, because that's where it's at. Like, what do you really want out of your relationship? Well, we all want to feel fulfilled, great sex, all these things. It's, there's so, so many moving parts to get to that point. And you got to figure out what you really want. Like, do you want the loop? you want like you probably did the same as me you pick women that um are emotionally dysregulated because that's what i thought a relationship looked like i thought it was supposed to feel like absolute fucking chaos all the goddamn time <laughs> guess what <laughs> it doesn't have to no no surprise surprise it does not have to man and it is it is relieving it is truly relieving and yeah, and that's and I feel so I feel so fortunate, man, to have found someone who I'm like who sees me and that I'm able to yeah. commit to and just act like I've just gotten to a certain point in my, I don't know, growth and development where I'm finally ready to and God knows she still needs a lot of patience to deal with a lot of my shit. Um but nonetheless I've gotten to a point where, you know, I can show up on a regular enough basis and be honest enough and authentic enough to yeah, just become the, the, the partner that, yeah, I've always, I guess, wanted to be. Yeah. So the authentic, but I mean, said authentic a few times. What, what's your I definition bet. of authentic? <laughs> oh man, I'm probably just railing that word, man. I love that word. That is like, of all the words in the English language, it's for sure the one that resonates the most with me. I don't know why. I just don't think that there's anything more important than you showing up as your authentic self, being accepted as your authentic self, and to have a community and a society and a world of authentic individuals. Like, I just don't know if there's anything more important or anything that we need more than that. And authentic is just, and just being real and like not putting on a show for other people, not trying to be proper for some people and trying to be, you know, nasty for others and taking on these different identities. And I see it all the time and amongst my students and it just, it kills me. But I mean, like, you know, they're kids, they're trying out different identities. I get it. I did it still doing it probably. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's uh, just, just, just being real. And it's just a sense that you feel, man, like you, you get a feeling from someone like with their being real, if they're being authentic or not. Um, if they're coming from, yeah, a place, if they're, if they're just, if they're coming from a place of trying to get something from you or get a reaction from you or trying to people please you or what have you, or if they're just showing up as the real self and yeah, I don't know. It's just, there's nothing I love more 
in myself than my authenticity. I think yeah. that's one of the greatest traits that I bring to the world. And there's nothing I love more than another human being than their authenticity. As soon as someone shows up as their authentic self to me, they could be so different from me. They could be so goofy. They, should, they could be so straight. They could be so serious. But if I sense that they're being authentic, like that's just an immediate connection, man. I'm just like, okay, tell me about yourself. What made you this person? I don't want to know like what made you be this other person because I already know what made you be this other person. So some kind of external factors. I want to know like what made you this real authentic person that you are right now. Yeah, that's great word, man. Great word, dude. That's so beautiful. Your that share because the world would be different if we could all do that. Oof. Yeah, would it ever, man? Would it but ever? Here, I think the beautiful thing is you know, you being authentic. And I mean, that's what I think that's why we have a connection, you know, probably from that first call. I'm like, this guy's just fucking real. <laughs> He's just real. And that will do one of two things to people. It will uh, inspire them to do the same, or it'll scare the shit out of them. Because it is a little scary to be authentic. Sometimes I'm not gonna lie. It's like, I've had a couple situations in the past few months i'm like oh god damn i gotta be vulnerable right now and this might this might get me hurt but it's what i gotta do it's what i gotta do so it's but that that fear can't stop us from being authentic it just can't it's you can do it and like finding other people that accept you for that authenticity is you're right it's huge and i know for me I was in a world where, you know, I put on a face. A lot of those people from that time in my life aren't around anymore. Yep, and I think, I think the lesson was like, if you don't, you know, accept that you want to be authentic, you're going to keep attracting these same people. Once you make the decision, I'm going to be real to myself. I'm going to do this work all of a sudden you find these people like you alluded to earlier, right? Like you've got that's this right, great group right. of people, this new community. That's not a fluke. That's not a fluke. No, no, it's not. I look back on a lot of it, man. I'm just like, fuck, like this person's in my life. And then this other one, but like, I only got this other one that I always like, I want to be close to these people, but I only got it because I went through this other, you know, connection that I have and got there. So I was just like, wow, I'm so lucky that like of all the people, um around me like these people fell into my lap i'm like no man it didn't fall into your lap it was fucking intention it's because you were seeking out these connections you were seeking out this communication yes. you were putting this energy and this manifestation whatever you want to call it into the world and like that's how it happened the shit doesn't happen spontaneously and it doesn't happen overnight so reminding myself of that and the role that i've played in this i think is very is very valuable and something that i tend to forget quite often it's easy to forget i am blown away by this conversation i knew i wouldn't be disappointed but i'm like damn this was amazing sure. i got i got uh, uh two questions for you to end this off let's hear it if you could say one thing to your child self that you wanted to hear from your mom or dad what would that be damn dude i don't even know 
I don't even know why that triggered so much in me when that, like what came up right away. Oh my God, man, I'm getting tears in my eyes just thinking about it. But what came to mind was you're not broken. And I don't know why a parent would ever say that to a kid, but holy shit, I want to cry right now, man. You're not broken. Yeah, Mitch, Mitch, you're not broken, man. Yeah, thank you, brother. I feel the tears too. <laughs> wow. That was potent. Yikes. <laughs> yeah, I got to be careful who I ask that question to. Right? <laughs> okay. What, uh, okay what, what closing message do you have for men? Men, just tying into what I was saying earlier about the linear and circular or whatever bi-directional concept you want to think of is just said like this this stuff isn't it's not linear man and mm-hmm. i don't like none of this none of this is linear like you're going to make progress in one area and then you might you know say you might think that you're falling back in another area and then you can take the whole two steps forward one step forward two steps back whatever and it, it, it's hard for someone who's like for us men who are on this healing path to see ourselves stumble, to see ourselves make mistakes and fall back into old patterns. But we can't, we can't be too hard on ourselves for that, man. We got to calm that inner critic at those times because that's the way of life. And yeah, like other people see it. Like I've had to look to you. I've had to look to other men to tell me like, listen, man, like the progress you have made is unbelievable because a lot of times when I'm stuck and I'm falling back a little bit, I'm like, look at this years, years of work. And look at me in the same fucking place. But uh, that's not true. That's a lie. Yeah. It's not the same place, not even close. So, yeah. Man, this conversation was amazing. I'm honored that you would share so much. I respect who you are as a man. And I just want to say thanks for being here. Likewise, brother. Love you. And thanks for having me. Honored. You bet. Thanks for taking the time to be here today. I honestly hope you found something you can use in your life. And I hope you found some relief in knowing that you're not the only one with challenges. We can be very isolated as men. If you don't have support in your life, please reach out to someone. It's okay to need help. It doesn't mean that you're less of a man. In fact, it takes a courageous man to know when it's time to ask for guidance. Until next time, brother.